Happy Sabbath, Garland family. So good to see you. Happy Sabbath to those who are online. I want to thank uh, Sister Gonzalo. The beautiful song. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. To all those who are visiting with us today, you're welcomed, all right? Good to have you and to all of our, our, our family and friends here. I just truly want to to uh, welcome you and to, to just thank the Lord for being in his temple with you today. God is good. Amen. Can you hear me clearly? All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. I want to just thank uh, the, the leadership of this church. I was really encouraged on Sunday at our last board meeting just to see the church making decisions that are so powerful. And to see a group of united people just coming together and uh, knowing that God will bless. Amen? Making decisions for his kingdom here. I was so, so grateful. Very soon, there will be a few things happening, and you will see them happening. Um, but we would just like to make sure that our church have the necessary uh, boundaries, so to speak. So um, we'll be installing a gate very soon. Um, praise the Lord. Along with some fencing and some other things as we go into the fall. Uh, continue to pray for our children in our school. I want to thank, uh, thank the leadership of the school board as well. They're also making decisions. Thank to Sister Linda for that, for that uh, note. Give. Give to our school. Amen. It's our school. Amen. Let's be a blessing to the children. God, God is amazing. When I'm here during the week with them, uh, I, I can see that God has a future for this church. God has a future for this church. And so, I want you just to join me in prayer as we ask the Lord to just bless our time in his word. Our Father in heaven, we are here on this holy Sabbath day. Father, we, we come with so many things on our hearts and minds. We are here to worship and adore you. And Father, we're here to receive from you not only your guidance and your word, but we're here to receive a deeper impression of your spirit upon our lives. We need your presence. We need your power. We need you more than ever right now. And so, Father, once again, I give you all that I am I surrender all my faculties to you to, 
for you to use so that, Father, as we listen to your word, we will all be blessed by it, we'll all be edified, and we'll all be transformed. So be praised, be high and lifted up, and thank you for being faithful to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we continue the journey. In the scripture, as we look at the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. My focus today is on one word. Gentleness. Can I hear you say it? Gentleness. One of the reasons or one of the, the ways in which the Holy Spirit was able to impact an entire society so rapidly was that he was able to bring together a group of people and work through their lives in such a way when they spent time together. So they started treating each other a certain way. Do you know how they would treat each other? The way in which he was treating them. Are you with me? And so he started a process. He wanted to change the entire Jerusalem, the entire Mediterranean. He knew how to do it, but he knew the way to do it was through a group of people. There was 120 who began the journey with him. By the end of the book of Acts, we hear the word myriad. That is thousands and tens of thousands came to know Jesus and believed the good news. How do we go from 120 to myriads? Garland Church family, we are about maybe 100 today. Just looking at the congregation and adding those online. And those, those we need to reach. Garland family, we can continue the same cycle of doing church the way we used to. Or we can start a process to say, we want the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to work through our church the way he wants to do it. Church family, I believe this 100 people can multiply to 3,000. And from 3,000 to 5,000. Till Luke stopped counting. He could not count. He said, listen, multitude. I like the word multitude because it involves multiplication. And as I said earlier, all the way to, to gentleness. The Holy Spirit has a way in which he can accomplish it. The question is, are we willing to follow him? Are you with me? Are we willing to follow him? He has a structure that he loves to work through when it comes to a church. He is not only able to take a church 
from the public dimension and multiply the church, but his process of doing it is to go through public and private. We have seen it biblically a couple weeks ago, from the Old Testament all the way through to the heritage of our pioneers. But within that, those little structures, those little communities, God wants to transform those people into people who have the spirit of gentleness. You see, the fruit of the spirit, which we, I want you to turn with me to Genesis, uh, sorry, um, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I will be spending some time looking at Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit that are listed there. Galatians chapter 5. I want to look at verse 22. Verse 22. Paul just spoke earlier to the folks regarding what sin can do to someone in their life. Sin, which is, he would classify as the, 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 the lust of the flesh, uh, involves uh, the evidence of adultery fornication he said uncleanness in verse 19 idolatry and sorcery and hatred and contentions and jealousies and you name it he lists all of that but then he said in contrast to all of this but the fruit of the spirit is what love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control so what God is saying is this is the way the world lives but now with the Holy Spirit this is how the people filled with the Spirit of the God Spirit of God live together and he says what he's trying to say is this when people live like this there's something that the Holy Spirit can do through that experience that can bless a life and many more. Are you with me? But friends, uh, as we think about the fruit of the Spirit and this one which we're going to start with today on gentleness, I just want to ask you, what comes to your mind when you think of this word, gentleness. Meekness, okay, meekness. If someone should ask you, how would you describe this word? What would you say? It, it, it is something that every person who possesses the Spirit of God will have. Because it's, it's a blessing that God gave to the people in the book of Acts. 
And he's, he, he's here to bless every person at the Garland Church with that same blessing. But what is it? Gentleness. How would you describe it? I want to hear from you. What comes to your mind when you think of the word gentleness? Caring. Wow. I like that. I like that. Patience. Okay. Kindness. I, I, I heard a soft touch. And a mother. Whoo. I like where we're going. I like where we're going. God is saying, God is saying, when I come into your midst, my goal as God is to first make you like myself. I want to make you like me. That's what he's trying to say. And if, 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 if you are able to cooperate with me being God and, and receive all that I am bringing to you, then he's trying to say, and live together with whatever I bless you with, what God is saying, this can be transforming, not just for you, but for others. So gentleness. There are eight texts in the New Testament that refer to this word. Many of the Greek words, many of the, 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 the statements in the Bible regarding meekness uh, comes from a different Greek word. Than this word in Galatians 5 verse 22. I believe all those who were gathered on the day of Pentecost and after the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. I believe God blessed them with gentleness. They started to treat each other gently. And what does that mean? First, it is an attribute of who? Of God. It is an attribute of we don't possess it. We're not gentle. Are you hearing me, folk? You know what we are, but we are not gentle. So let me turn to this first text, Romans 3, verse 12. As we look into what does gentleness mean? Romans 3, verse 12. And the first theme here is that it's an attribute of God. Romans 3, verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth what? Know that word there? Good? That word is a Greek word for gentleness. Know not one. No one is gentle. The same Greek word that is used in Galatians 5 for gentleness is used here for the word good. There's another Greek word for the word good. I believe that this word here should be gentleness. In fact, none of us possesses gentleness. We are not a gentle people. We can be kind to who we want to be kind to. 
But those who, we, who, who have treated us wrong, those who we don't like, they will get no share of our so-called gentleness. We don't possess it. It comes from who? It comes from God himself. Romans 11 verse 22. Make this very clear. Romans 11 verse 22. Behold, therefore. Here's this word again. Goodness. It's actually the Greek word for gentleness. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of who? Of God. On them which fell severity. But towards thee, goodness. Again, the Greek word for gentleness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be what? Here, gentleness comes from God. It's an attribute of God. It's a part of his character. And if he can somehow make us like himself, then something powerful will begin to happen in community. One of the one of the ways in which to turn people off God is to act in a way that's not gentle towards them. They will not want to know who is your God, what things he does. If we act to them in a way that is so rude and that is that is that that is unchristlike, they don't want to know our God, amen. But guess what? When we treat them gently, oh my, something begins to happen. Happen. And this is, is an attribute of God. That he lovingly wants to give us. Are you with my friends? Do you want to be more like God? Then guess what? When we receive his spirit like the people in the book of Acts did. Then he brings with him the fruit. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's not the fruit of man. It's the fruit of the spirit. I want gentleness, sister. Baptist, I want gentleness, and I want it as much as he can give it to me. In other words, I want him. Jesus mentioned in 1 John 3 verse 2, 1 John 3 verse 2, Jesus mentioned, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears, we shall be what? He wants us to be like him. So in other words, if he's gentle, we also need gentleness. But we can't create it. The only way to possess it is to ask him for it. Lord, I want to be like, Lord, I'm being treated like this right now. This, this, this horrible way. I need something from outside me to come on my inside to help me to deal with this in the way that you want me to. 
I need gentleness. Some people here might be in a, a situation where your situation is so bad in the home, in the work, or even at play. Relationships are not doing too well. It's not easy to act gently. God says, if my people are going to do this kind of multiplication work, they must first be gentle. Anybody want to be like God? Anybody want to be gentle? All right. When you think about God, God is all powerful. He's all what? He's everywhere. And he's all knowing. And even though he's like that, he looks at the sinner. He's in such a position. He, he is able to zap the sinner. But he looks at the sinner. And how does he treat the sinner? He bends down. He takes the sinner's feet. And he washes Judah's feet. He knows what Judas has planned for him. But he treats Judas how? He treats them how? He treats him gently. Jesus is described in scripture as the lion and as the what? Lamb. The lion has all power and authority to do whatever he wants. All right? He's so majestic. He's bold. But when he acts, he acts like a what? A lamb to the sin. Do you see the touch? Do you see the touch? The question is, we might be in a position right now in our life, somewhere, some circumstances where we have authority over people. We have some level of power over people, some circumstance we have in this life. How do we treat them? Are you with me? How do we treat them? Gentleness is, is, is an attribute of God. And this is how he functions with his people. I'm so glad God is gentle towards me. Amen? I'm so glad when I go to God and I ask God to forgive me, that he blesses me with his forgiveness. I'm so glad that he, that he walks with me day by day, step by step, to where today I'm not the man I was last week. Amen? Hallelujah? The things that, that, that used to bother me and trouble me don't bother me and trouble me anymore because he has guided me to this point. And the way he, he has done it, he does it tenderly. He does it gently. I'm going to give it a couple more scriptures here in the Bible that uses the same word from Genesis chapter Galatians chapter 5. The first point, it's an attribute of God. We need it. 
Second point, we're commanded to live it out. We're what? It's actually a command. So when we keep the seventh day Sabbath and we keep it with all fervency, yes, it's a command that we keep it because we love God. We cannot say, listen, uh, that's a commandment, but this is not. Are you with me? Turn to Colossians 3 verse 12. Colossians 3 verse 12. And then we're going to look at 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 12, Put on therefore. Let me read that again. Put on what? That's a command. That's an imperative. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness. You see that word, kindness? That's the same Greek word that's in Galatians 5 and verse 22 for gentleness. Put on gentleness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Gentleness is different from meekness. It's a different Greek word. Even in this text, there's two Greek words. One for gentleness, one for meekness. So gentleness is a command. God is saying, put it on. We need to act like this in all, at all times. Especially when we deal with each other, we need to be gentle. Yes. Yes. Look at my example. God is saying, I am God, but look at how I treat you. Second Timothy 2 verse 2, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. We're told here, to be gentle unto what? Our families? All men. So in other words, someone don't deserve your forgiveness. You be gentle unto them and forgive them. Someone treat you poorly. Be gentle unto them. Ask God to give you a spirit of gentleness. You would be the Jesus to them. And this is what they think about. How could this person treat me like this while I was treating them the way I did? You would be amazed at some of the things people think about who don't know God. But when they come to God, when they do come to God, they realize how powerful he is. We're commanded to be gentle. So the next time someone treats you poorly, Sister Dawes, Sister Nikki, the next time someone treats you poorly, Elder Errol, your first reaction is not the reaction of your spirit. Amen? But the response from the Holy Spirit of God. We don't have it. But Brother Dale, 
we need it. And we're commanded to act it out. Not only are we commanded, but finally, I love this. Gentleness leads us to repentance. Gentleness leads us to what? Repentance. Turn to Romans 2 verse 4. Romans 2 verse 4. Gentleness leads us to repentance. Repentance. Romans 2 and verse 4. Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness. Here you go, goodness again. But the word there is gentleness. From Galatians 5, the same Greek word. Or despiseth thou the riches of his gentleness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the what? Gentleness of God leadeth thee to what? Repentance. Isn't that amazing, friends? In other words, God is not out there pushing us to repent. Pushing us to repent. You know what he's doing? He's gently leading us. He, he's orchestrating events in our lives to show us that he's actually working on our behalf. God is at work in all of our lives, all of our experiences, even though sometimes you might think that he's not. He sees those cries. He does. He feels the pain. He knows what it's like. He lived it while he was here. He's aware of everything you are going through. But he's not just interested in changing your circumstances. He's interested in changing you. Yes, he can make everything fine. Yes, he can give you all the money you need. Yes, he can do whatever your heart's desire. But at the same time, he will do that and lose you. What he's mostly concerned about is he wants to save you. He wants to save me. And how does he do this? Think about it. He has all the worlds at his fingertip. He was involved, Jesus was, in creating humanity and creating the world. And he chose to give it up. He chose to give it all up. And submitted his life in the hands of the Father. While he was here, while he was here, he lived life all those years connected to God and when he was at the cross well right before they put him on the cross on the cross he he asked his father is there another way because he knew what he was about to endure he was about to endure the second death you see after the second death friends guess what there's no hope of a resurrection. There's no hope of a resurrection. 
And that is the death of the sinner. That's what the sinner deserves. That's what I deserve. But I don't want to die the second death. I would want someone to pay that for me. Amen? And Jesus Christ, the one who is perfect in all his, way, his ways, decided to submit himself and receive the punishment of the second death. In other words, he took what I deserve. Amen? Wow. And the Father in Galatians, you can read it, Galatians 1 verse 1 and several places, the Bible says the Father raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. On the third day. And now he shared his, in, he shared his life with every person who is willing to trust him. It, I mean, it, he, he didn't force it upon the human race. He simply says, listen, here it is. Eternity can be yours. Forgiveness can be yours. A power to overcome uh, 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 habits that are destructive and also a home that is eternal. I have made it possible for every person to receive this. And it's, it's, it's all before you if you're willing to accept it. Wow. Many people during the book of Acts, they received it and they were saved. Today, there are many here sitting in the pews that have received Jesus Christ's forgiveness from all their sins. They're saved. Amen? They have, a, they have a glory that's awaiting them. But there's some here today who are still, who are still refusing to accept him. Jesus today is simply saying, I want to finish with this text. Ephesians 2 verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his gentleness towards us through Jesus Christ. In his what? Gentleness. I know the scripture says, some version says kindness. But the Greek word there again is the Genesis 5 Greek word. Galatians 5, uh, um, Greek word, gentleness. God is here today. And he wants to have people who resemble him. And that resemblance can be seen in how they treat other people. If you are here today, You've been a Christian for many, many years. But your wife can truly say you're not a gentle person. Your husband can truly say you're not a gentle person. You're very harsh. You're extremely loud. And you know what? 
and you treat us poorly. If you're here today and you recognize that you need this gentleness from Jesus, today is a day to ask him for it. You leave here today and don't submit to God in prayer for this fruit of the Spirit, then you'll be refusing Jesus Christ himself. There's nothing that he would want more than for you to possess this fruit called gentleness. And maybe you're here today You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord of your life. Today I want to share with you that in doing so, in doing so, you would experience the most gentle actions from a heavenly Father. He will forgive you of all your sins. That's his word. He will give you a power to overcome those sinful habits and addictions. That's his word. And if you should die before he comes back, he promises that he will give you a guarantee of a resurrection to glory. Hallelujah. How can a person turn their back on such a gentle Savior? Today as we stand to our feet, I want to ask you just to stand. Maybe you are here today. And you want to say, like Pastor Sean, God, I need something different. Something powerful that will change my experience today. I want to be the man of my family like you design. I want to be the woman of my family. I want to be the person of my home. I want to be just like you at my work. I don't know where you find yourself today, but I do know if you have never been baptized, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior from sin, in the pews there are some cards like these. I'm going to invite you right now that you can take one, fill it out, hand it to me. You can join the baptismal class every Sabbath. We have two folks that are about to be baptized this month. Are you hearing me, friends? Don't lose that chance for getting to know the gentle Savior. Bow your heads. And let's talk to him. Father, we thank you. There's something special you did with the 120. Yes, Father, they... they they kept your structure. That is true. 
And that provided, yes, the, the environment for you to work. But once you started working, Father, gentleness could be seen in how they treat each other. And this was evident in how the world before them were, was changed. We want to change Garland. We want to be true to our mission here at this church. We don't want to follow anything that's not inside of your word and your will. We want to stay right here in your word with this, this basic fruit that you provide. A fruit of gentleness. I pray in the name of Jesus that today will be a turning point in this church. A turning point where each person in each family, in each setting, will seek you for this fruit. And Father, as you come in, make us gentle and use this gentleness within us to be a blessing to others. And there are people here today they've been thinking about you. They need your forgiveness. They need your work in their lives. And they're here today. They want to begin a journey to know you more. Father, I pray that you would you cause uh, uh, you go into their lives and you would turn their minds towards you and give them all the clarity to make a decision for you. We thank you. We praise you for being such an awesome God. Bless us today on this holy Sabbath day and go with us now and forevermore we pray in Jesus' name. Let the church of the living God say, Amen. Amen.